Welcome to the New Age. It's your guy Dayton. In New Age, we trust. It's time. LJ's in the building. Antonio's in the building. It's a Christmas miracle happening in the building. How y'all feeling, fellas? I feel pretty good, pretty good. Glad to be back. Here at New Age, we identify as anything but trust fund babies. In other words, trust fund babies, we are not. However, we bring you our perspective on all things business, finance, and culture. And today's episode is a lot. Because we ain't been here in a while, so you know, we got a lot of things to go over. So, let's get into it. How many problems you got? A lot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the NBA. So... There has been a good viewership in the NBA. It seems like the NBA is really bouncing back. Let's go over some numbers real quick. So, this has been the most viewed NBA playoffs through the conference semifinals in eight years. Okay? It's averaging 3.7 million viewers, up 14% versus 2021. And NBA social media platforms generate record-breaking platform. I'm record-breaking playoff numbers, 3.3 billion video views, up 29% versus 2021. What's your thoughts on the NBA's bounce back? I think um, I think that what we're really seeing, quite as kept, is it's a transition happening um, in generational uh, talent. consumer oh, oh. talent, but what's bringing the consumer base from that younger generation as well. And when you have platforms like social media taking over uh, video consumption or uh, consumption in the communication space, it, uh, you know, it makes way for you know, a broader audience. I think that you got more of competition with these four contenders that's still in the playoffs. Like before, you know, you know LeBron in it, I'm pretty sure LeBron gonna win it. Curry over there, I'm pretty sure Curry gonna win it. You feel now you got an anomaly of a mystery. Mm -hmm. Like the Warriors coming back, do they still have it? Luca first time in the conference finals, do, do he have it? The Heat, are they? Could, can they do it together? The Celtics, can the young stars really, you know, take the next step? So I think it's more of a mystery. They got people watching this conference finals in previous years. Yeah, I think more cities is involved and what i mean by that obviously you get the same amount of playoff teams every year right but it's more cities thinking that they can actually win so when you look at dallas they think they can actually win when you look at phoenix they think they can actually win when you look at uh milwaukee suns miami philly all those cities really thought they could win so it's similar to the NFL where it's not really one dominant team, even two. It's a, it's a good six, four that could really win the championship. So I think that's what's playing a factor. Um, Boston has been the huge like ratings boost. I think they had them and the Bucks had the most viewed uh, semifinal series in a long time, in a long time, if not series. <laughs> So I think those two dynamics have really made the NBA bounce back this year. You know, I'm going to give you another underrated dynamic that's uh, quietly crept on the scene, and that's sports betting. 
You know, you allow sports betting to, and I thought of this day, Tom, when you mentioned about the cities, because right now we got sports betting allowed in more cities than it's ever been, and it's steady expanding and growing. So when naturally, if you got your money invested, it gives you more of a vested interest for viewership. Mm -hmm. So not only has uh, <laughs> the NBA's bottom line increased, it gives the everyday consumer opportunity for their bottom line to potentially increase. That's a good point. So, so we got what four teams remaining. What's y'all thoughts on the remaining series, remaining games? Warriors, what Dallas? Um, hold on, is it a rule? Is it hold on? We gotta address them. Is it a rule that you should clip your fingernails before playing basketball? Is that like is that isn't that like an unspoken rule? I think I. I think it should be naturally, like you said, from an unspoken standpoint, because you stand a chance of jeopardizing people, you know, especially with, you know, so many diseases and things going on. Um, you know, you can transact an open wound into somebody else's chemistry, body functional chemistry. I think LJ just turned to Dr. Fauci real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard of this before. Like, what, what just happened last night? With the Luca last night, Luca got the biggest scratch on some on his face I like ever seen in like basketball terms. Like he looked like Scarface, literally. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's all to me. It's always been a if you hooping on a court, it's always been a yo cut your nails. If you scratching somebody, like no, that's always been an unspoken rule. I don't care what nobody say. He didn't even like really. Get him. He just grazed him in the scratch. You so you can tell his nails had to have been long. I mean, I never heard that rule before. Cause you lame. I mean, you know, when you nice, you don't worry about fingernails. I mean, I don't worry about stuff like Luca that. Luca nice. He he wasn't nice like me. Okay. So anyway, the final four teams. Which I think. Uh, I'm a definitely like previously said. Like to me. It's a good team matchup, but I'm really focusing on the coaching, the chess match that's mm -hmm. going on. But the you know the new the new age coaches and the old age old old age coaches because Steve Kerr and Spolcher is really like you know top of the list right now. So mm -hmm. I want to see if Kid and what's the other guy's name? Kid and Emil Doka. Doka. I want to see if they can you know partake in the chess match, and this is really can show proof that they they got what it takes to really be a head coach in the NBA. I see um, Golden State beating Dallas and reaching the finals. And this Boston and Miami one is going to be very interesting. I think that Golden State will be more convincing. It'll be a, I don't want to say it'll be a, it'll be a shorter series. I'll say it that way. Mm -hmm. But Miami and Boston may go seven games. That's a that's a tough one. I think Miami's definitely Miami and Boston definitely a fifty fifty series. I think they can win the series as long as they win the first two games though. Is that Miami? Yeah. Okay. I I told you before I think they gotta win the first two games. They can't give up they can't go one one back to T D guard. I don't think that's advised for them. So I think they win the series as long as they win tonight's game. Dallas it's hard to read them after one game. You see they got blown out against the Suns and end up coming back. Again, I I think 
as good as the Bucks was, as good as the uh, Phoenix Suns was, I think these two teams match up with their opponents. Mm-hmm. So the Heat match up with Boston more, and the Warriors match up with um, what's his name, Luca and Dallas more. I think Steph Curry put so much pressure on your offense; they didn't get that pressure. Like Steph really got some quickness to him, like almost like a Tony Parker type going downhill and driving through the lane. So he put so much pressure. Jordan Poole put so much pressure. With Chris Paul and Book, they wasn't putting enough right. pressure on them. So I got the Warriors and Heat 50 50. I think if they win today, though, I, th- I got them. So you got. So, so I'm going to go with Boston. I don't think that with missing Smart and mm-hmm. Al Horford was a big key, especially figuring out, knowing at the last minute that right. they were going to miss the game. I think that kind of threw Boston off. And Boston played good until, you know, that second half when Jimmy Butler started going off. But Jimmy Butler launched. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to save that one. I'm going to save that one. Okay. But um, I really think Boston can really bounce back. Miami, to me, is, you know, they don't got enough firepower to me. I don't think they can really do it for three more games. I don't think they can really. I think Boston will come up with a game plan to, you know, slow down Jimmy Butler. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them beat me. As far as Dallas and Golden State, Jason Kidd has transformed his style of coaching was transformed the Dallas Mavericks. So I think that they can really hone in on their defensive matchups, which Jason K has done a great job this, this all postseason. Mm-hmm. If they can really lock in on how to slow down Steph, and that's a tall task to even try to do. But if they can lock down, or not lock down, but slow down Steph, they got a fighter's chance to really knock off the Golden State Warriors. So I would love to see, you know, uh, Boston, Dallas, but I think it's going to be Boston, Golden State. The interesting thing about it is, and you already alluded to this, Dayton, Golden State is so quick. They quick, and that is, they say speed kills. Mm-hmm. You know, the what Steph had an interesting stat line yesterday. He didn't really dominate through scoring. He had a double-double, though. Mm-hmm. So, you, if you remember when uh, Golden State was – those that formidable champion or dynasty years ago, they was moving the ball quickly, you know, and um, nobody in the league could do anything about it, you know, throughout the regular season. And then, of course, it carried over to the playoffs. So um, I think that's the interesting dynamic. You know, they say styles make fights. And Golden State is very different than Phoenix when it comes to that speed. Could we, could we be seeing – a Bulls type run from the Warriors. That first Bulls uh, three championships, they was dominant, fast, athletic in their primes. Jordan took a break, and then that second one, they just had to get it like a different type of way. They still was good, great, but they was just a different team, but still could perform and had the experience. This Warriors team is different. Like, Steph isn't on-on, right? Mm -hmm. Clay isn't Mm on-on. Draymond can't really shoot you to death anymore. He never could, but he could space the floor a little bit better then than now. And then you throw in this Jordan Poole. As well as Andrew Wiggins. As well as as Andrew Wiggins. 
they just get it a different way now. And it's like they don't it's like Steph and Clay don't even have to be as dominant as they used to be, but they can still pour it on in so many different ways. Yeah, that's an interesting perspective, Daytona. One that I honestly hadn't thought about, but that it is an interesting parallel that's potentially forming to your point. Like they going they gonna be in contention for the next three to four years. Especially at least. When, you have, when you have the button stars uh, or button uh role players like a Jordan Poole. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna be interesting what happens with Wiggins. Right. As far as them, you know, resigning. His contracts and stuff. That's what's going to be. And, and if not Wiggins or with Wiggins included, either way, what else do they do to the roster mm-hmm. to, to be able to uh, move forward and be a formidable championship contender? So let's 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 pivot, you know, on my Jordan Poole type pivot. Yeah, yeah I like the pun. Anyway, let's pivot. Let's talk about. The meanest rug pull of all time. Let's go into crypto space. Luna. A lot has happened since our last podcast. Luna, Terra Luna, terrorist attack, crypto. Listen, this crypto has been wild. Crypto, yeah, crypto has been the wild, wild west. What's y'all thoughts on the state of crypto? And what's y'all thoughts specifically on literally billions, billion dollars of wealth being evaporated in Less than what two weeks now at this point. Yeah, I, I seen a post where if you invested a million dollars into Luna, uh, I think it was like May fifth. Mm-hmm. By the time the Luna rug pull happened, we're gonna keep alluding to the rug pull. That's what it seemed like it was. That million dollars will be worth three cent. Damn! In a matter of two weeks, you'd have lost a million dollars. Like I don't think. A bank robber can do that much. <laughs> it's, it's, that's, that's crazy. Like yeah. so, and I think the founder of Luna had already also had three projects prior to Luna that had the same type of effect. Where it was up, and then just disappeared. Really? So like, yeah, he had a, I haven't heard that. Yeah, he definitely yeah, got a track record. Yeah, too. he got a track record of his projects being a you know a stable project, and then all of a sudden evaporates. They well, they. They even went into the reserves and mm-hmm. poured $3 billion worth of Bitcoin into the project. That's why it ran up again, I believe. And then it, it just disappeared again. Like, now nah, go ahead. I, you know what's interesting about this, Binky? That was very By the way, what a poor way to use some Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> ben, that was, oh, Antonio, I'm sorry. That was so informative to me because when you see stuff like that, it it makes you, it kind of cements rug pulls, uh, uh, manipulation things that's going on. Because how do you allow somebody to do this not once, not twice, and to uh, what you allegedly are um, pointed to not three times? This will be the fourth time. Mm-hmm. I don't see how you continue to be able to do that and not get arrested or investigated for fraudulent uh, activity over a period of times. And, you know, um, it just makes, it makes way or the perfect narrative for the SEC (laughs) and government official to come in and uh, legalize this space. But 
and make you question or scratch your head, is it any type of under, underground partnerships going on? <laughs> you know, you know what's what's funny to me is crypt, crypto is in such a, a funny space right now. I think you really have to sit back and and look at who's starting these projects because it's really just average average Joes at this point. And you really got to understand, you don't have to be a good businessman, a good entrepreneur, run, be running a good company to have a good crypto project. So you kind of want to invest in good companies, good entrepreneurs and businessmen. This guy with the biggest donkey of the day I've ever seen, he was, he was literally, you know, arrogant. Trash talking people on Twitter about yeah. how they was poor and how they are just average Joes. And literally, a couple days later, your whole project is gone. Like, stay humble. Like, I, you could have a billion dollars, a trillion dollars worth of crypto. You got to stay humble because anything can happen. Anything can happen. So, would you invest in Luna? Because I see like he's trying to bring to change it, start a new Luna, a fork to it. That's right. And you know he had a vote uh, yesterday, I believe, or the day before, where you know he took votes and do you want us to start a new Luna Classic, Luna Classic? Yeah, yeah. That's what it was called. And what seemed kind of odd to me, as soon as the voting went live, they already had 16 million votes for yes. What's funny is. I, I, 16 million for yes? Yeah. Zero for no, zero for maybe, 16 million for yes. In That's, the first couple minutes. I've seen, I've seen 90% of people Say didn't no. want that. No. Yeah. That's the report I, or well, something I that, saw. I saw what you saw, Dayton. Yeah. That the um, overwhelming majority, 95%. Yeah, majority people. Said no, but it said that he was going to go along as I continued to listen. It said that. He still was going, he was bypassing them, and then he got a bunch of yeses. It didn't say what, or overwhelming. It, might, it must have been a new poll or something. Yeah, it because the poll I seen, like, as soon as it went live. So, uh, my point is, I, I, one um, report that I heard identified what both of you all are talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, um, with the first portion being the overwhelmingly no, and him ignoring that. Right. And he must have did a new poll or something. Something happened where where it was a majority or overwhelming. Throw yes. him in the garbage. Well, then I seen that it was another report where um, don't get me wrong on the country. I want to say Korea, where they brought him in for questioning and also yeah, that's he, where he's from. Yeah, so it must have been Korea, and they also brought him in for like not paying his taxes. Over over fifteen million dollars in taxes. Oh, so oh, he got the money to pay it now. I, I guarantee you that. <laughs> so this guy, like, I don't know what this guy was trying to do, but and then you, you see the people on the uh, on the team. The yeah, the legal team, the legal team resigned. Oh, yeah. yeah, they resigned. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's too from much. what from what I've been hearing though, the community. I don't know about you know what you just stated, but. The community wasn't for him starting something new. They want that project revived. The thing is, I'm not sure if he can revive yeah. anything with that project. And if you launch something new, I'm not 
but like can I believe in you? Hell no. So I mean, at the end of the day. So, so go ahead. So what do you guys think? You know, because this is an interesting this is an ongoing thing that's been happening in this volatile space. Um, you know, with these rub pulls. Dayton, you you were starting to say something about, you know, these projects and things like that. Uh because your average joke can start one. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh and get away with murder. How to get away with murder, uh no pun intended. <laughs> but um what do you guys think about the future of this space, the present slash future of this space. Is it, a, a, should people think twice about investing into this space? Um, you know, is it the perfect time to invest with prices being down? So I mean, low? I think I, I think I, I think I pretty much express, you know, what I thought about it. Try to find good companies, good on actual entrepreneurs to invest in because when i'm when you when you go to shark tank i'm investing in you your your pitch sound good but i gotta believe in you to execute what you're pitching me so that's you know that's my spill on it so is it the second part of the question is it a good time to invest into the crypto market or should you think twice I mean, it depends on your strategy. It depends on your strategy and what you're investing into. Because let me let me say this: because if if you just buying and holding, and you can get some of these things on the low, sure. But if you like, you know, trying to trade or anything, I'm not sure if that's the best opportunity for you. Okay, Antonio. I'm staying away from crypto at this moment because, like, crypto's in a crash. Stock market's in a crash. Like, these prices are going to get lower and lower and lower. So you can definitely get a bang for your buck if you just hold out and wait because the market prices will come down. So I will definitely stay away from crypto at the moment. I agree with that. I agree with that. Let's talk about a good entrepreneur, maybe the best entrepreneur, your guy, Elon Musk. Okay. So... I got one question for you guys. Final question. Does Elon Musk actually want to buy Twitter? <laughs> you, you know, that's an interesting question, Dayton, because that thought came in my mind yesterday. Does he really even want to buy Twitter? Because Elon Musk has been known to make big headlines, to kind of manipulate or speculate it and allege that he knows how to manipulate a, a good storyline really well and bringing free market marketing slash attention to himself and his projects. Mm-hmm. So that's a very, very good question. Dayton that I'm not sure. Of. <laughs> I'm, I'm honestly not sure. At yeah. this point. I think he want to buy Twitter, but not at the price he previously stated. And I probably think, I do think that that was the game plan from the beginning. I'm a bit high. Get everybody. Oh, he's paying overvalue at Twitter. But Elon knows that the bot progress is more than 5% daily use. He knows that. And he knew that, you know, once I get my bid in and then I bring out this whole bot speculation, I can renegotiate my price because there's no way in the world that he's gets, he gets into this deal knowing that if he doesn't close on the deal, he got to pay a billion dollars to Twitter. 
I don't think nobody would do that for real. So I think that what he's doing now was trying to re- renegotiate the price instead of paying was it fifty four dollars a share for for Twitter. Mm-hmm. He might try to get it for like thirty. I can see him doing that. Do you approve of his negotiation tactics? Yes. Because what he's doing is basically like publicly negotiating a, a private deal. Hey, you do what you got to do to get the best deal you can. That's what he's doing. <laughs> That's what he's doing. So I agree. I'm all in full, Elon, the way he's doing this. I'm all for it. And you did say that he, the best entrepreneur, right? I did. So if being a best entrepreneur, you got to employ best entrepreneur tactics. <laughs> there we go. On that note, in new age, we... Trust.